Hi guys, my name is Rupan Paul and welcome to Fin Shots Daily. Before we start this episode, I thought I'll just say a few words about this episode. Uh, in this episode for today, I have a conversation with Shrehit. Now Shrehit is the head of content, is a co-founder of Fin Shots and Ditto, and we talk about many things but largely about insurance. We discuss about how Ditto got started as a company, about why and how also as Indians we tend to be cynical when it comes to insurance, be it health insurance or term insurance. and largely about the importance of insurance and why as a company we absolutely hate spamming customers so i hope you guys have a fun listen once again thank you so much for supporting our podcast and now on to today's episode hi guys hello welcome this is rupan paul i am your host i host the finshots podcast uh, with me is shreyat karkara co-founder of finshots ditto right i think this is the second time we're doing a long form kind of a conversation yeah. right the first time we did uh, sometime earlier we talked about unemployment uh, but this is something cool i think uh, most of you right now know about the amount of times you have spammed you on ditto right uh, about ditto rather um, but i think it's it's good to keep things in perspective how long has it been since we uh, since we started uh, finshots and ditto yeah so i think we started in august 2019 mm-hmm. um and uh, ditto was obviously um i mean we didn't start ditto right off the bat i think it took us a while to just figure out what we wanted to do with finshots um because it, it wasn't entirely obvious what we were doing in the first place um i remember at the time because we were still calling ourselves a startup um there were a lot of questions not just from um you know people who we pitched the idea to but also the the people that read finshots it's like this is a blog at the end of it all, right, right yeah like, what you can't make a business out of a blog yeah, and it's free and it's free and it's yeah. free and and i i don't think people could quite see where we were going with this but i think we we were very clear in in our objective we we wanted to start with the content layer and eventually move to commerce right so it was going to be this very nice content to commerce play obviously in my mind it looked very nice um but when it comes to actual implementation i think it took a while to figure out how we were going to integrate the commerce layer and what it was going to be because for the longest time the obvious thing for us seemed to be financial advisory you know move from right. f- simplifying finance to actually offering um meaningful insights into how to plan your finances uh, but i think once we got there I, i i think we realized that that's probably not something that could work out because it's such a broad gamut of things you know um financial advisory isn't just financial advisory you have to talk about investments loans credit cards insurance uh, and so we decided we were going to pick one niche and we started off with insurance um and i think we started that last year january i think that's when right we, jan yeah yeah january is when we started advising people and march is when we started selling policies so it's it's been a year and a half and i think yeah i mean it's been all right i think the content to commerce play has worked out reasonably well for us right when you entered this content to commerce i think we had a conversation about this earlier sometime in twitter but when you entered this did you have like anyone to look up to in terms of uh, a model in which you could replicate or was this something that was still new at that point of time in the indian startup uh, landscape i i don't think it was new per se because i think people had tried to do it for instance i think the most famous indian example is the good glam group um, right. you know they have a bunch of beauty products and obviously when it comes to beauty products the customer acquisition cost can be quite prohibitive it's a very competitive space right. you know right. there's the unorganized players and obviously there's the organized players likes of nike etc and so if you wanted to um create your own niche i think you have to have some sort of competitive advantage 
and I think in that sense, Good Glam Group decided that they were going to um, acquire other content brands in a bid to lower the acquisition cost. Obviously, it's a large upfront investment if you're buying out a brand, a content brand. But in the long run, I think the 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 hypothesis was that it was going to work out um, when it comes to the economics. Um, so so I, I don't think there's been a parallel example, but yes, I mean, there have been examples like Good Glam Group. In the US, there's been a very famous company called Goop, again, in the beauty segment. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, the right. actress, right? So this is, this is a famous example. Uh, started off as a newsletter mm-hmm. and eventually she pivoted to sort of selling uh, consumer products, mostly beauty products. And that's a billion dollar business. Um, so, so there have been examples, but I don't think there's been a credible example in the financial space. I don't think there's there's been as many examples. Got it. So when you when you were like in that particular point of time, right, when you were scaling up FinShots, I mean, to go to the point of financial advisory and you're looking at the various products that Indians as such were consuming, how did you stumble across insurance? Was it like the first thing or were there a couple of other things that you probably thought of simplifying and selling and then you stumbled onto insurance and what probably led you to move in the direction of insurance? No, I I don't think insurance was the obvious choice. I don't think for anybody insurance will be the obvious choice because insurance is a very dirty business. I mean, think about it. You, You ask people how their experience has been buying insurance and they'll mostly tell you that it's been terrible. There's spam calling, there's mis-selling, there's there's lecherous people who just want to fleece you off of you know a few thousand bucks so it's it's not a pleasant industry to be in so i don't think insurance was something that we were actively looking at it just so happened that once we decided we were going to do full-fledged financial advisory we chanced upon two i mean i think these are obvious insights but at the time uh, we thought okay fine we, we finally recognized these two um, unequivocal truths which is one, it's very hard to make money um, simply selling mutual funds, right? Because financial advisory, the, the most obvious connection is to sell mutual funds um, or do loans, um, credit cards, etc. Now, loans and credit cards are extremely competitive. Um, everybody's doing it. Mutual funds, there's no money in it, right? So there are very few financial products where you can actually make money off of. And insurance is one of those products where where the pathway to monetization is obvious. So from a business perspective, obviously, insurance always made the most sense. Not necessarily because it's a great business to be in. Um, there's customer complaints, you have to deal with insurers who are who still sometimes feel like they're living in the stone ages. Um, but, but, but yeah, from a business point, it still made sense. The second thing was that there's been a lot of effort in trying to sell you know mutual funds loans and credit cards loans sell themselves mutual funds perhaps don't but you know the mutual funds are here campaign um you know the the kind of things that the likes of zeroda and other mutual fund uh, aggregators have done um i think i think it went a long way in improving penetration whereas with insurance you still have only one or two big players right i mean in the online space there's just one aggregator um, and insurance companies themselves are still struggling to sell it mainly because it's too complicated. So it seemed to me that uh, the connection was obvious for a company that's already simplifying finance to take a step back and say, okay, how about now we simplify another complicated item uh, in that it's insurance. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how it came about. But but yeah, I mean, 
that's yeah that that's what we thought at the time right that leads me to ask you a question like i don't know if this is true in your experience but i think you'll be able to objectively tell it depending on i mean based on the numbers that you've been uh, dealing with in terms of customers who bought insurance from ditto right but between the age group of 20 to 30 right among conversations that do happen on finance like most of it is about investment yeah, right? right most of it is about how at some point of time you don't have to really earn from just one source of income you can have multiple sources of income yeah. so do you generally feel that uh, it's there in my friends for sure like among the things they talk about in finance insurance is the last thing that is mentioned right, right. the things that are mentioned are things like sip things like stocks things like uh, equity and all of that right but do you also feel that's like a common sentiment among that age group and even maybe people in the age group that is after like between 30 to 40 uh, that insurance is not seemed as something that is important while maintaining and starting a financial portfolio of sorts yeah i think i, I don't think most people think of it and I, I, look at the age of 24 25 i i was pretty much thinking along the same lines like insurance wasn't at the top of my mind um and i don't think it was until we just started building this business right and the reasons are plainly obvious nobody thinks of buying a fire extinguisher right i mean you're not going to i think one is it's a depressing thought to think that your your house will eventually catch fire right. the second thing is you think well when was the last time i heard somebody actually somebody's house actually catch fire mm. um right whereas with insurance maybe it's not so obvious because you do see hospitalizations um and people dying <laughs> occasionally yeah. um, but but i think the 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 common idea still sort of remain in that people don't see it happen to them so do i mean think about it somebody who's like 29 i've, I've never stayed in the hospital for more than say 3 or 4 days i don't remember right. a time when i've ever been hospitalized for an extended duration and where i've had to spend a lot of money in the process as well so clearly if your lived experience tells you that this isn't a use case that that comes up often you're not going to optimize for it you're not going to buy it whereas with investments it's obvious every day you're making money or every month you're making money you see your paycheck and you realize that it's sitting in your savings account and everybody's talking about it as well insurance is not something that a lot of people talk about um so so it becomes obvious then you have to do something to grow wealth um you know you look at uh, uh, linkedin on 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 social media etc almost every single time you see um financial gurus talk about how to make money Uh, very few people talk about how to protect wealth and how to not lose money how right? to know how not to lose money right yeah. and, and so in some ways i think you know people are not going to be actively thinking about insurance um but but yeah i mean i, I think the awareness has improved over the past few years i think now people are coming to recognize uh, that healthcare costs are obscene especially if, i think after covid is that what you're yeah, referring yeah, to yeah especially after covid yeah i mean right. it was a small trip to the hospital uh, people staying uh, for probably 3 or 4 days end up racking up bills of over 1 1.5 lakhs now think right. about it uh, the indians don't save as much as people like to think they do yeah. uh, there's a small proportion of people that have high disposable incomes who have the ability to save a lot of money right uh, whereas most people who 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 probably are still on the 90th percentile right when it comes to income uh, don't have a lot of savings probably 3 months of savings maximum um and so when you think about it one trip to the hospital could wipe away two or three months of savings entirely and so you're back at square one no matter how much you invest no matter how you try to save no matter what instruments you use to compound wealth it's all going to be an exercise in futility if you can't consistently save what you made and and one of the ways to do it is to obviously completely isolate this one use case the trip to the hospital you know right. um so so health insurance is is i think 
it's 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 obvious most people should have it and and i think more people are now recognizing the need especially after covid that perhaps they do need health insurance because uh, yeah i mean the the black swan events could completely wipe you off right so i think that's a condition that especially i mean we at ditto have to deal with all the time right like people not uh thinking about the worst case right not uh, thinking about like you know the, the eventual trip to the hospital that will eventually yeah. probably wipe out like probably years of saving sometimes right uh, but also there's another thing which i think we deal with which perhaps you could shed some light right is there's a lot of cynicism and people buy insurance right it's met with a lot of cynicism saying that this is a product which you buy but the number of use cases for you to actually use this product and get some money from the insurance company is a very narrow uh, set of use cases right yeah. like i like for example i i think i had a hospitalization in my family a few months ago i think two months ago mm-hmm. and it was an emergency hospitalization where it cost like 40k and 40k yeah. is obviously less in comparison to the lakhs but this is something that insurance can't come through because it's just you're not it's not admitted right you're just yeah. there for a, a while so i think like i know about it so i i can i obviously don't hold insurance to that same cynical uh, view right but i think there are other people who have similar experiences with insurance and they say like this is a product we buy but it doesn't really come in useful yeah. so how exactly does one go about first of all getting acquainted with insurance in detail so that you know exactly what an insurance is going to come in useful for and what it's not going to come in useful for and how do you make sense of the stuff that is not going to come in useful for such as like an emergency right. hospitalization right so so a few things there one is you know thinking about these events i don't think anybody should live their life thinking about only the dark depressing events that could happen in their life that would be a terrible way to live yeah for that to right? go for therapy yeah. <laughs> it would it would be a terrible way to live i don't think anybody should do that yeah uh, but it also would make sense to look at the rearview mirror sometimes in that um if you if you have a good life i think it makes sense for you to keep living the good life and one way to do it is is to make sure that these extreme events um don't um completely uproot you and your family right so so that's something that you should do and the second thing is you know you talked about this 40000 hospitalization and you're right if it's not a hospitalization if you're not hospitalized under medical supervision after being treated for a certain illness because these conditions have to be satisfied you have to be diagnosed with a medical condition you have to be hospitalized um and then uh, the the The, the treatment, treatment yeah the yeah. treatment protocol must be administered and it must be considered in line with what medical practitioners would do correct right yeah. so once all these three conditions are satisfied then the insurance company will will pay you your bills uh, most likely yes um yeah. but 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 here's one thing that i i think most people completely discount now the 40000 bill obviously it's it's not it you have to spend 40000 and that's never nice yeah um uh, but but think about it this way you could still afford to pay 40000 and most of our customers can still pay 40000 uh, because it's it's something that i mean it's not pleasant like i said but it's something that they can still put together what they can't do is pay for the recurring cancer treatment that costs right. say 7 lakhs a year right. right or the bone marrow transplant that that probably costs upwards of 10 15 lakhs um or a radical surgery procedure that uh, that probably will set you back 4 or 5 lakhs um so when people think of insurance they usually think about these use cases appendicitis you know a uh, quick trip to the hospital because they broke a bone etc um, now these are 20 30 40000 i mean they are yeah. they're not pleasant to deal with but the things that really 
screw you over in some ways right are are the the 5 lakh the 10 lakh the recurring cancer treatments uh the the brain damage and all of that and and i know once again the use cases are it's it's tiny right i mean a very small percentage of young people especially uh, will probably have to deal with it but if and when you have to deal with it right the consequences can be so extreme that you probably wouldn't be able to deal with it yourself in which case it actually makes a lot of sense for you to have some sort of protection you know it's almost like paying protection money every year yeah just so that in the event something extraordinary happens there's somebody else who look out look out for you i mean that's the best way i can describe it and and i know you're right in that there's a lot of cynicism in buying insurance because most people think insurance companies are money grabbing um uh, convent uh however the reality is far from true for instance we've been dealing with about i, I don't know i mean thousands of customers over the right. past one and a half years and in the process we probably had maybe four or five cases that were probably legitimate and and yet the insurance company was dilly dallying on the claims and even then you can still approach the regulator and actually have you compensated in fact recently we had a case where um the insurance company decided that they weren't going to pay the claim and they said it was a fraudulent case and they cancelled the policy and we helped the customer take the case to the regulator and we made the case for them etc and eventually uh, during the you know during the hearing i think the insurance company was forced to admit that it was their fault and they reinstated the policy and paid the claim um so the likelihood of that happening is very tiny i know that people often see um their friends family etc crib and moan about insurance uh, but once again in an experience that's a tiny proportion because the success cases nobody talks about it because obviously you expect it to work that way you know you're not yeah. going you're not going to say oh you know what my insurance company paid me finally yeah no one no one tells that story yeah, right as much and and that's fair also because they expect it to they pay their premiums <laughs> they you know they feel entitled to it yeah so they feel entitled to it and this this is why most people come to this realization but but no otherwise i think i think insurance companies by and large make the payout if it's a legitimate claim yeah right i i think that leads me to ask another interesting question with respect to this case right mm-hmm. like earlier uh, in terms of a claim not being settled you only had the insurance company's word right. and the insurance company's word was final right. right and the insurance company said we're not going to pay you for this claim because we don't feel it's consistent with the uh, uh with the broader case in which this claim is supposed to be made and you have to accept that as an answer there's no fighting back right what is what we are trying to do in ditto right uh in terms of telling a person telling customers what they're actually entitled to like they actually are entitled for a claim and you can't take this up with the regulator right. why do you think this was not done earlier right um, like because this like this information this was obviously there even before companies like ditto existed right, right. Like you could take it up with the regulator right. so why do you think this information was was not you know as dispersed with people as I, it was supposed to i think the information to. was always there it's it's just a matter of initiative you know look uh, look at the uh, look at how the insurance market operates most of it is dominated in the offline space so right. if an insurance company rejects your claim the insurance agent that sold you the policy is probably going to come and tell you that well the company can't do anything right he's he has the same voice as the company yeah i mean they have the same voice as the company and they probably are going to i mean obviously it ruins relationships etc so they're going to try their best considering that most of it is sold by a family member exactly right so <laughs> so so they they do try their best but in most cases they're not going to they don't have enough leverage um right. whereas let's say an aggregator who probably deals with multiple insurance companies and who also in some ways supports the insurance company because let's say 
um, we work with uh, a company, we're, we're probably going to sell hundreds of their policies. Right. Now, they don't want to be in a position where they antagonize us. Right. So let's suppose we, we recognize that a customer has made a legitimate complaint. Right. Now, we can go back to the insurance company and ask them for an explanation. Whereas a single customer won't have that leverage because it's just one customer. You know, right. the insurance company can simply tell you, you know what, go away, right? I don't care. Okay, fine. You, you want to crib on social media, do it. I mean, that's that sometimes works. But otherwise, they really don't have much leverage. Sure, you'll stop paying your premiums. Maybe you'll tell your friends and family. But that's what? Probably three or four policies lost. The opportunity cost is very, very tiny. So insurance companies obviously now think you can't do anything. So let me bully you, right? Because Whereas, you're outnumbered in terms of uh, everything, right? You're just one, you're just a person exactly. and they have like um, another thousand other people. And even with the insurance contracts themselves, right? They have about four or five lawyers drafting it and making sure that everything on that policy um, is is vetted mm -hmm. um, and, and tested multiple times. Whereas a customer has no recourse. I mean, they probably don't even know what insurance company they're going to. Right. More often than not, they, they can't name the policy. They, right. they most certainly can't tell you what's in the policy. Right. And so, in many cases, they, start, they do not even know the difference between a health policy and a term and a term policy, policy or a life right? policy. It's yeah. all just one. Uh, it's just insurance. You know? Yeah, it's just yeah. insurance. So, yeah. so you, you are at a place where I think the insurance companies do struggle. Sorry, the customers do struggle with, with information asymmetry, mm -hmm. wherein they, they probably are always at a disadvantage. But but here at Ditto, for instance, right? I mean, we don't struggle with that, right? So we know what insurance companies and how they deal with their customers. Like, for instance, let's suppose there's an insurance company that's marketing great numbers. They're saying, oh, we settle most claims. It's got a great marketing pitch. But when you actually work with them, right, we realize that they're not very proactive when dealing with customer complaints. Right. Immediately, we drop them. We say, okay, fine, you know what? This isn't going to work. We're only going to work with partners who are who probably are um more in tune with their customers um so so it's always been there people knew that you could go to the regulator etc it's just that aggregators like us have come now and said oh we have more leverage and we can fight on behalf of the customer which is why it always you know one one thing that people come and ask us when when we sort of uh, start selling policies on ditto is why should i buy from ditto and not from say uh, the insurers themselves well, this is the reason, because if you're buying from an insurer, anything goes wrong in the process, say the application process or say the claims process, it's just you dealing with them, right? Yeah. Whereas with, with Ditto, you're, you're always going to have somebody who's going to put our weight <laughs> yeah. behind you. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so, so it does make a lot of sense. And now people have come to recognize that they probably need somebody on their side as well. Yeah, I guess it's like, a, you know, booking a flight ticket. Right yeah. when you directly book it with an airline, yeah, and they and you may not know about some travel restriction, yeah. right? But uh, if you go through like a person who's like a travel agent yeah, who's supposed aggregator. to know about it, like an aggregator, mm. is the more technical term, right? Um, he would probably keep you updated, saying like you can take this route; it would be cheaper, but you might have a travel restriction here because of which your flights might get cancelled, right? So I think it's it ditto in that one sense is and, trying and to be that. You can just call, for instance, the aggregator and yell at them and moan at them. You know, you don't have exactly. to deal with the airline. The airline's <laughs> yeah. never going to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. but like, the aggregator is probably compelled to listen to you because that's their whole business you know they pride on customer service yeah uh, but yeah i think in that sense right it really makes sense in what ditto is doing but i think obviously the question is like if ditto is giving all of this information right like anyone right now who's listening to this can book a call mm. and speak to any of our advisors okay. if, with, with no intention of buying a policy uh, completely right i just want to know like hey this is a particular um, 
decision that I want to make for my family or for myself with respect to insurance and could you tell me what exactly is the right thing to do and our advisors would give you right information like for example we could tell you things like in the previous case about this claim not going through we could tell that you know you can take it to a higher regulatory body and have this case sorted out right so if it's such important critical information as a founder how did you manage this decision and this this decision of this information to go out for free without a customer paying anything for such critical information oh i think i, I think that, that decision was fairly straightforward because i mean you could you could ask the customer to pay but with the inherent obstruction of sort of paying up front without knowing the quality of service right um i think i think it's extremely hard to do in the online space i mean think about it let's suppose you want to book an appointment on you know one of these um doctor doctor aggregator apps practo right apps, practo know? yeah um so so you go there you you try and book an app and they'll ask you if you want to pay up front and right. about most people that i know i don't have the data yeah. will say no i'm going to pay at the at after the exactly after, after my, my consultation right? yeah. it's not to say that you won't pay you will pay it's just <laughs> that i want to make sure that the consultation is great etc but for us it's impossible to do right i mean it's it's hard for us to offer the consultation and then say oh how about you pay 500 etc mm-hmm. because people are just going to think why should i pay you like if i could actually have somebody else um guide Uh, you know you, you could call other aggregators for instance and they'll also promise the same thing although it's it's very different right. most of them are you know you, they'll sound like sales people and i think the pitch is also very salesy right. whereas with us the objective is to first educate people and and then hope and pray that they actually buy the policy through ditto um so so we we've, we've adopted a more customer friendly approach primarily because like you said there's a lot of cynicism already surrounding insurance yeah. and now you already put this you you want to put this um you know another obstruction in place where you ask them to pay etc i don't think it makes a lot of business sense right whereas somebody who's happy who's who's already uh, you know heard good things about detour who's had the experience of talking to our advisor uh, they spend 40 50 minutes talking to an advisor and they really appreciate the advice now now that individual is probably going to still call ditto advisor when they're going to buy a policy right i mean right. sure not everybody does it but most people do most people would want to check with ditto because they recognize that the quality of service is substantially better um, when 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 approaching ditto as opposed to other aggregators or even the insurers themselves so that was a straightforward decision but but we still try i mean it's still hard for us to explain why we do it because people want to know what's the catch here well th- there right. is no catch the catch is that the insurance companies pay us a commission whenever we sell a policy so we don't make money off of you directly but we do make money off of you know the insurers now that always begets another question where they're like okay fine if the insurance companies is paying you don't you think there's a perverse incentive for you then to sell um a policy that pays you the highest commission right And that's absolutely true there is a perverse incentive here however for us especially because we are an online first brand that incentive is probably toned down to a point where it's non i mean it's negligible because if we prioritize the short term incentives above customer experience effectively what happens is people will then go and crib on social media people will tell their friends etc yeah. and that's that's the whole business model like we rely on word of mouth more than most other people so so if we screw up with our advice just because we prioritize short term commissions it means our long term objectives go into the trash i mean there's there's nothing else for us there um so 
in many ways we we don't do that and i think a testament to that is the kind of advice we dole out for instance when people come to us and say oh should i buy a health policy with with the 25 lakh ka and we're like probably not the best idea uh, you could start with 10 lakhs because 10 lakhs doesn't just offer 10 lakhs with bonus with restoration etc you could probably get protection of about 20 25 lakhs as well right yeah so so we offer advice that's consistent with our values which is why the name ditto you know because that's what we do if we were in your shoes um so so yeah i mean it was very obvious to not charge the customer up front but charging the insurer you know in making the commissions from the policy sold obviously has its own issues and yeah like i said it's up to us to then assuage customer fears and tell them that there's absolutely no way we'd compromise on the advice god i'm going to take a slight deviation from mm. this insurance i'll come back to it of course uh, because we we are talking about like uh, even traditional aggregators even their pitch if you speak with them mm. you would find that there's a lot of salesmanship being employed in that conversation yeah. right so now you're on you're an mba yeah. right you're an mba from i am right uh, so do you, do you guys personally believe that there is an issue with the entire thing of salesmanship or is is there a case for that to be made um, but not in this particular context of insurance right no i think there's a case to be made it's i don't think salesmanship itself is 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 a bad thing i don't think anybody believes that um i think i think you know if there weren't any salesmen i don't think there would be consumerism i don't think people would consume as much as they do today and in some ways you could argue that there's there's a bit of good and bad in salesmanship mm-hmm. the idea yeah. is to weed out the bad in salesmanship right um so for instance if you're going to approach a customer uh, with the whole objective of selling a policy or selling uh, anything for anything, that matter anything anything yeah. right you just want to sell no matter what happens obviously that's not going to bode well for the customer um and and in in many ways i think that isn't just a byproduct of like for instance i could tell my advisors right now um oh you know what don't sell okay i mean just focus on advice but implicitly if i set targets for them let's yeah. say i say oh you have to commit 10 lakh in premiums every month all of a sudden it doesn't matter what i say it matters what incentives i throw at them because then people will implicitly sell right they they're going to sell irrespective of what happens so let's suppose a company comes ahead tomorrow and says so oh, we are not going to sell we're going to focus on advice you don't have to believe them upright you just have to look at their sales team and see if they have targets if there are targets in place it doesn't matter what i tell them they're not going to focus on the advice they're going to sell so one of the first things that we did was do away with sales targets obviously that presents its own challenges in measuring um advisor performance etc right uh, but i think that was a necessary uh, thing that we had to do there was absolutely no way around it because if we didn't people would inevitably resort to misselling right so so i don't think salesmanship is bad per se it's just that the consequences of misselling insurance is so extreme that 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 the after effects play out in rather spectacular style for instance there's you know let's suppose i sold you a policy under the promise that you'll be able to make a claim related to maternity right um an expecting couple who's probably going who's only buying insurance because they they want um their maternity costs covered which could go up to 60 70 80000 as well in right. some some private hospitals in bangalore and then at the end they find out that their policy doesn't cover it because there there are exceptions in that there's waiting periods etc obviously that's not going to board well right uh, for the customer but but yeah in in, in many ways um uh, insurance company i mean agents who probably 
are only focused on selling will still commit to the sale uh, because they they don't care about customer uh, experience afterwards right they want to finish the sale and that's it so so obviously with insurance it becomes a terrible thing um and and that's one of the reasons why we've simply done away with sales targets and and we've just focused on advice and see how that plays out and right. so far it's it's played out reasonably well um and and yeah i mean we'll we've had to find other ways of incentivizing our advisors yeah. um to still to still um sell policies because it has to make business sense um but 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 yeah i mean this 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 target business had to go you know right okay yeah. uh fair enough um i think i'll just bring the conversation back to insurance a bit right with respect to uh, we've talked about health insurance obviously now in terms of term insurance let let me start with you personally right like before ditto did you think of a term insurance no i i'd never thought about term insurance i mean there were talks of buying a life insurance policy primarily because my mother would insist on it but but right. life insurance mainly not i mean it's not necessarily to cover my life but <laughs> obviously to make a little bit of money i i yeah. think her objective was just to make sure that i save some money and to do right. it i mean it's just this classic lic policy gig you know but i also LIC feel policy. that it's because it's was by the government right so it's like the best way to yeah, save yeah, it yeah it's the best way to save money you know <laughs> but but obviously that i i didn't do that i didn't commit to it mm-hmm. and then there were agents as well you know family friends etc who would want to sell a policy so that discussion was always there yeah but then i think it took a long while for me to actually come to terms with the fact that a term insurance policy is a must and i'll tell you when it hit me as well I think I've I've grown up sort of thinking oh you know what I would do anything for my family for for my loved ones etc right and and any time there's been a major milestone in my life I've attributed it to the people that I love the most right um and and yeah I keep saying that oh I do anything for my family etc I do anything for my family and yes it was hollow talk it was it was it was empty talk because I had done nothing to protect my family um I mean right now I don't have massive debt obligations right um but but if my parents were ultimately dependent on me on my income and and most case most people that's the case you know uh, uh, kids support their parents because they're probably yeah. retired they don't have as much in savings they have their own obligations to deal with and they depend on their children for for their income um and and if that child weren't available and if say for example i weren't there to support my family my family would probably struggle a lot and and i don't think i would ever want to find my family or or see my family in that position and yet for for the longest time i didn't think term insurance could solve for it which is precisely what it does a term insurance policy builds a financial replica of you that's that's it that's its job like for instance if you make say 12 lakhs in income every every year and you're probably sending back home say 6 lakhs a year or maybe 5 lakhs a year 4 lakhs a year whatever it is a term insurance policy is expected to replicate that you're going to get a large corpus usually right something like 1 crore 2 crore because that's what you usually should buy and right. it's not very expensive either for somebody who's 29 that's how old i am a non smoker i probably have to set aside say 25k maximum 25 30k uh, every year to to have a policy of about 1 1/2 2 crores right right so my family is going to get that sum if they throw it in a fixed deposit do nothing with it nothing complicated they're still going to get about 5% on on that and you add the principal and you will see that they can still get the same kind of income that i'd be sending home even in my absence so in many ways it's it's a given right so if you have any financial obligations 
that ultimately will go to your parents or your loved ones or your or your spouse um it 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 almost certainly makes sense to buy and i think once you're married um both men and women start beginning to think the need you know they they start realizing that they probably need a term insurance when you have young yeah, kids etc yeah when you have kids yeah but but before that parents i think most people simply ignore because it's they don't think of it as obvious and yet when we remind them so are your parents dependent on your income and they say yeah they are and and i think that's an example that most people can relate to um if they've seen somebody deal with the loss of a loved one loved child you'll see that the parents really really struggle not just with the loss of the life but also with 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 the loss of income right because because they have no other avenues and i i don't think i'd want to see my family in that position ever and so suddenly it's like listen i need to buy a term insurance policy um and and yes when we remind people that this could be you uh, they suddenly start thinking about it and and yeah it's surprising that people don't think about it but it is true right i think uh, that that also even this this entire thing of just 25k in a year right when you think of it in that way uh, because you pay it you know what term insurance like we have to save like you, yeah. you and i were friends outside of ditto right yeah. and you spoke to me about term insurance i be like this is something to think about now i purchased it it's 25k but then probably the, this is something that i have had to plan uh, work my way around planning right yeah. uh, the next year i'll be like oh my god i have to pay 25k but yeah. actually if you look at it on a monthly basis it's just 2k Yeah, right? yeah, it is. It is. It's lesser than the groceries. It's lesser than a lot. It's lesser than the amount you spend on leisure, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you actually consider it that way, then it probably makes sense that you're only putting aside a very small amount of your money to be secured for the future yeah. for your loved ones, and, right? And that twenty-five thousand is going to stay consistent, right? So if you buy young, yeah, and you lock in a lower price, you're going to have that price for for the duration of the policy term. so you'll only be paying that sum so 10 years from now accounting for inflation that 25000 is going to look like peanuts right you know but you still have that protection you know um you'll still have that that corpus that your family will receive in the in the event of your untimely demise and obviously that's something that most people don't consider uh, but when you put it that way you know when you're probably spending just 2000 a month yeah. all of a sudden it starts looking very appealing right where you're like yeah. okay fine you know what if i'm making x amount in income maybe setting aside 2000 is not a big deal. Yeah, I think the problem thing the the thing that happened with me at least like the first year is weird, right? Because you 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 know about insurance and you buy it the next month or the next month yeah. or whatever, right? But then I think the the years that come after um, you can sit and kind of plan it out like saying Feb is when my insurance is going to be due for renewal. So that month and this month and then you're a lot more prepared to it. Yeah, right? yeah. I think I, it's just I, I think it's it's preparing I think yeah, it's financial discipline by it's, large. Yeah, I think yeah. it's basically Great. Um, I think that's basically uh, sums up all the. I mean, all the things that we wanted to cover in this podcast. Uh, uh, so, for people who are listening, if you would like to know more about insurance, there's a link below. You can definitely check out our website. Or you can book a call with our uh, any of our advisors for free. If you don't want to call someone, you can uh, chat with someone. Right. Uh, one of our advisors will come and have a conversation with you about your health insurance queries, your term insurance queries. If you want to know more about uh, insurance content, uh, easy to just like how we put out easy to understand. content on finance and business through finshots you can follow our instagram handle which is ditto and stay updated with all things related to insurance once again thank you guys so much for supporting us supporting our podcast and for supporting finshots we'll be back soon with a new episode